0: You have that issue, and I've seen it so many times. Um you take a maintenance guy, maintenance manager, superintendent or whatever you want to call him. He oh, he can make the meal, he can run the meal. Next thing you know, the manager gets fired or whatever. And what do they do? They promote that maintenance manager up. And he's out fighting fires all the time. He's not managing All of the financials, looking at all the capital projects, looking at all that stuff. And it's brutally being set up for failure.
1: A whole new era of communication in the feed mill industry is coming. Now you have the brightest minds in the global feed mill industry right in your pocket. And what's best, you can listen to all of them while driving to a feed mill, to a farm, traveling, or running errands. It's never been this good, and it's never been this simple. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Ivonic Animal Nutrition, we are sciencing the Global Food Challenge. Welcome to the Feed Science Podcast Show, a weekly podcast where you'll find cutting edge insights and all that's working in the global feed mill industry. Ivonic Animal Nutrition is committed to ensure food security and safety while reducing the ecological footprint of animal farming. Its products and services use evidence-based solutions that seek to promote animal welfare and reduce reliance on natural resources. All this is underpinned by long-standing industry partnerships and deep customer understanding. Ivonic's focus on efficiency, sustainable healthy nutrition, and collaborations with livestock farming partners creates value for customers and consumers.
2: Welcome to the Feed Science Podcast from North Carolina State University. I'm Adam Ferenholz on behalf of Wisenetics. My guest today is Ashley Biscamp. Ashley has been in the feed industry doing troubleshooting and mill management uh, types of things for the past 23 years. And so we should have a really great conversation today about some of uh, what's working or even what's not working in the industry today. Thanks for joining me, Ashley. I'm glad to have you. All right. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. So, if you wouldn't mind, if you'd give the audience a uh, kind of an idea of your background and how you came to uh, came to be a part of this industry and the the various different things you've done in it over the over the years.
0: Oh well, in twenty three years, I've had the experience of being in five different states and eleven different feed mills. Um, that's been from feed mills that were in bad shape uh, structurally and. Uh, management-wise, I've kind of been the turnaround for the shooter guy. Uh, some people run out of those females. I was, the, I guess, the idiot that run them to try to save it, and <laughs> was successful in quite a few of them. But uh, it's always a learning experience because females do one thing. They either run wide open or they're broke down. Uh, so I've got a lot of experience in different uh, capital projects, diagnosing what's going on, what's being done wrong, or can be good
2: done better. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, what would you say as, as we think about just to kind of start off the conversation, what would you say from your perspective over that last couple decades, when you think about things that have needed to be turned around, needed to be fixed, what are some of the most common things when you've gone into a facility and, and you've been brought in and hired and they say, okay, look, we really need to to make changes here. What are the the primary things, and, and we can take that into equipment. We can take it into management, kind of kind of whatever areas you think are the most prevalent to talk about.
0: Yeah, we only got how many minutes? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, well,
0: yeah, um, nice, fair point. See, uh, one of the biggest things is um, is being culture, culture of the people uh, you have. in In my experience, I have gone through. And being after the drill instructors screaming, hollering, type managers, uh, just really doesn't do anything from for camaraderie or you know making people feel part of the team. Uh, one of my big things is empowerment of giving those people the opportunity to share their thoughts, their ideas, because ultimately they're the guys that are or ladies that are doing it all day, right? Either at twelve hours or mostly eight hours, eight hours or twelve hours, mostly twelve hours. So you know you got to listen to them. They know the little intricacies and the little things, the fidgets and everything. So I'm big into listening to the people, um, as well as um, rolling that up to upper management and, and getting it across to them that hey, you know you got high turnover because they don't see. Money expenditures coming into the plant. So they get frustrated and they're constantly fixing the same problem over and over and over. So it gets frustrated with that. Um, secondly, would be just preventative maintenance. Um, a lot of the mills I've been in, they're old. And, you know, they think they won't say, oh, you know, the mill's 20 years old. Oh, it's a new mill. Uh, no, it's not because there's not been money put um, you know, these meals run from a lot of them crank up on Sunday and a lot of them don't shut down till Saturday evening, depending on in the poultry world, the demand of the feed that you need. Um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, equipment that just is wild and a lot of band-aids being put on out there, but just doesn't really fix the problem. So I'm going in there and looked at that situation and been abolished to kind of say, yeah, this is something we've got to fix. Uh, You can't run equipment wide open all the time and expect it to hold up. If it's made by man, it will break by man.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I think, I think we can kind of go down, down both roads there. Um, and, And we'll, we'll go back and we'll start with the, with the people. I think that, I think you make a really good point. I, it, when we think about again in the poultry industry, and we think about what's going on in some of the other areas in in that integrated world, you know, processing plants got a few hundred folks in it, and the you know on the farms you got you know one person going around checking flocks, flock supervisor, and in the mill we've got this kind of small group that's stuck together all the time. Feels like they're kind of you know going to battle every day together. And if it's a, not a team that works together, you're you're sunk from the from the jump.
0: Yeah, you're. It's it's a family because you spend so much time together. You you see the frustrations and stuff. So it can be it can be a, it can be, a, be a toll on a person's um, happiness and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I, one of the things, that, and I'd like to get your perspective on it that I've I've talked to people when. I've been asked to go out and take a look at, you know, go into a facility or or talk about, you know, continuous quality improvement type things, whatever. And we talk about the people and they want to talk about employees. They want to talk about retention, things like that. And they talk about, well, you know, we can only, they'll only let us spend so much money. And I think you kind of hit on it there too, where it's like, okay, I understand. Look, salary and what you can pay people is always going to be certainly a huge part of it. But a lot of the issues I think that we see in the mills end up being, I don't care how much you would pay these people. They wouldn't stay if these kinds of things keep happening, right? Like you said, if, if they're not being supported. So I, I, I'd i like to get a little more perspective from you on that if you yeah, mind.
0: You really hit a hot button with that because um, normally the type of person that we get in a feed mill, in my experience, you don't really get a, top-notch crackerjack, electrician, or millwright come into to a mill for a job. Why? Because they've already got job somewhere else, make two to three times the amount of money. So what we end up doing is we take an operator that knows the mill, that's done receiving, done dispatch, done batching, maintenance, you know, more or less a wrench turner, um, and we take that person and you move them to the next step you know you start letting them get their hands on it and that's how you create the millman or the the, uh, the female maintenance guys and you know if they stick around hey yeah they make out they make turn out good hands because they know the the, the, the weird intricacies of the equipment and everything so that's a big plus in that in that department uh, you know a lot of times, money is, people say, oh, more money, more money. Yeah. Not really. I'll, I'll say that. You can put more money because it makes them feel good at first, but it lose. it's like a bee sting. You get hit with a bee and you're
1: like, oh, yeah.
0: Ouch. And then as it goes away, you're back to the same. Man, they're still not spending the money. They're still not fixing stuff. And they're working just as hard. And so that gets people, of, uh, not uh, camaraderie, and then they you know they end up leaving because it, it it's how they're treated. It's simply that. And I know this has been a shitty day, but I really appreciate you for fixing that conditioner one
2: more time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so. it's I I I usually look at it. I think uh, somewhat from the perspective of. And it's not to say that people shouldn't be given raises as they do a good job and as they perform, and obviously as you know, world changes around them and and cost of living goes, all those kind of things. But the biggest conversation about how much they're getting paid is is the day they get hired. You know, it's it's hey, when they walk in the door, if the number isn't high enough, they're not going to take the job. But after that, if if they leave the feed mill, a lot of times it's less likely to be about, well, I, you know, yeah, I just, I, I wanted that extra dollar an hour well, and it's more likely about, you know, I hear people, I mean, we, they, they wanted 20 cents and we couldn't give them 20 cents. And I'm saying if they left over 20 cents an hour, the, it wasn't the 20 cents an hour. No, That's not exactly. what exactly, And that's what, and that's what I was
0: getting at. In yeah. of, and so much of that stuff in the industry, feeding the industry is related on different uh, schedules as far as levels. Like, if you come in here, you're, you're starting with this. And for instance, a location that I've been at, um, had a guy that had been there almost 40 years. If and he, he done every job there. I mean, he knew it. And, uh, so you have him being paid, and then you've got a guy that comes in starting out 75 cents or a dollar or hell just a dollar 50 less than this man that has been there 30 plus years. That's a bitter taste. And you know, it's like y'all have to realize that the batch operator is the heart of the control system. They do it all. They watch receiving. They watch grinding the pellet in their batch. I mean, it, I mean, if. You like sitting in one spot and watch a lot going on. The batch operator position is pretty good. Somebody that just likes to move a lot. Well, sometimes it depends on what's breaking all the time, right? It's a lot of time. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's just the, the, the pay scale from there. And, you know, you get a, a little bit of a raise. Well, that raise every year, it's eaten up by taxes and, you know, if you get a 1.5% raise, whoopee, it's like $60 extra.
2: Yeah, a month. You, you don't notice. It's not
0: that. even a tank of gas, people. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. so I, I, you just gave me one more tank of gas. Or what I've experienced, and you get that raise, and once you break it all down out of taxes, that raise is equivalent to what your insurance increased
2: <laughs> that year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I one of my former employee uh, employers, I looked at it, and every year my insurance would go up eight hundred something dollars, and sure enough, it's like hmm, here's insurance goes up, here's the raise to cover the cost of the insurance, and you're just you're just, just did it. uh, you know, and, and you get into those places where um, do more with less mentality, um, which is it's an old um uh, I ain't whatever wanna call it, but it's one of those paradigms, you know, do more with less. well. You do more with less. You can only do that for so long. It's like going to a well for water. Well, eventually you go to a dry well if you don't put a lot of rain and get a few floods in on that well to keep that water level up. And, and and the poultry or just not necessarily mis- The agricultural world is like that, very much so. Because your operators are, they're high school graduates, or you know, they're somebody. They're not necessarily college educated, just looking to make a living and put food on their family's table.
2: Yeah, something else I think that's interesting that you talked about, and give a little segue there when you talk about we're we're bringing in, in some cases, folks that are that are younger and whatnot and there's been you know huge amounts of discussions in, in not you know in our industry as well as all over well the work ethics different and everything else and and I think that's another thing that folks that are in that management management perspective have to learn is look it is different and now it's it, it's it's not fair to paint with a broad brush. Not everybody's the same. There's a difference depending on. You can't just say, well, they're from this generation. Well, that generation that came from here versus that generation that came from over there are going to be a little different. But also, there's this kind of idea of like, well, this is also what you got. So the idea of, well, I'm going to you know keep with my management style and I'm going to bend them to do it the way that that you know it's you got to get to work with these guys in 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 some way, shape, or form. And I think you kind of mentioned it there a little bit with that idea of we talk about this with, I think with some of the younger, younger folks that, well, they, they all have to, you know, have their ego stroked or that everybody gets a trophy generation or whatever. And there's some <laughs> the truth to some of that. But I think the other part is that what they have learned has been that not necessarily, they always have to be recognized for doing a good job to stroke their ego, but if they don't get recognized for doing it, they, they're they going wondering whether it was worth it. So when you do something like you said, like, hey, I appreciate you working on that conditioner all day, they go, oh, it was noticed that I did that. Therefore, that must be an important job that I was doing versus, well, no one ever said anything to me about it. I, I Maybe that's not where I should be spending my time, my focus. And so I think having to change how, how you approach all these different people that are coming from different backgrounds, different generations, all this kind of stuff it becomes a really important part of building that team that will actually work. Yeah, it, it's, you know, ultimately it's about people. Nothing
0: moves without somebody behind a computer screen or with a knife in their hand, do it something. Okay, I mean, you can go with AI robots to a certain point, but you still gotta have people that are overseeing a lot of. It. It's like all these um, self checkouts at Walmart. And just I stay away from. I try to find a human pe- human person. Uh, but it's just aggravating to see all these self checkouts getting bigger and bigger in the grocery stores. As like, you're just taking away from the economy because you can have less people work. And I get that all your investors, all they want is the dollar. Right. But ultimately you still got to have people doing what you need to do and being felt, feel that they're a part right. of the team.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a real opportunity in our industry to, to, you know, properly leverage those things where we say, yeah, it's it's not about decreasing the size of my team, but it's about, you know, making this process more efficient using automation, maybe at some point, actual artificial intelligence into some of what we do. Not so I can have less people, but so I can take this person and give them a job that's, you know, I can can do more preventive maintenance than I could have before because they don't have to be going and doing this kind of more mindless thing that, Oh good. There's a system that can handle that. Now, now I can go have this person actually go do the thing. You know, we, heck, we talk about it a lot when I talk with students, things on like receiving. Right. And I say, you know, there's a lot of really good stuff in receiving and, and, and don't get me wrong. There's really good analytical techniques and there's NIR, which is great. And there's all these. And I said, you know what, but you give me somebody that's been saying that receiving building for 20 years, in a lot of cases, their eyes and their nose, I don't even need some of that other stuff because they know that's not right. And the value there, that's, there. I mean, there's a supercomputer in that person's head, right? And it, it makes some of these decisions that other things can't. It's kind of funny um, when I'm
0: interviewing a maintenance guy or something like that. I always talk, ask questions. And I'll ask you, I'm like, what's your best tool you have? And some of them want to go, Oh, it's my impact. This or this is, and I'll just talk to my eyes and my ears. see, so you can walk through a plant. I don't care if it's a feed meal or a processing plant. Guess what? It tells you, Hey, I'm going to break on you. Question is, I just ain't going to tell you when. Listen to those weird abnormalities. Smell, you know, your senses that God gave you will tell you a lot. And it, and, I mean, you watch through there. And I've, I've walked through plants before, and I'm like, "Hey, something wrong. We got a hanger bearing or something. fixing and go out. Let's check it." And it's kind of like the two week developed count. Know, it's like, damn, two weeks ago we just talked about this, you know, and along, you know, ordering parts and all. So it's it's a tough world to manage people nowadays. Um, because they full of wish needs What's in it for me type people and the generation, like you said, the, uh, trophy for everything. Um, yeah. And you get trophies for first place and second loser. In my opinion, right. So it, it makes it tough all the time. And something I have seen in my years, which I was big in sports and playing football and everything. When I was growing up high school. Um, I look at people, people that have um, been in sports, athletes, do better. when You're having given constructive criticism because so many people nowadays, you know, if they don't do sports, oh, my God, if you give them, you give them constructive criticism, I'm like, I'm not going to walk around on eggshells every day with you, you know, so he, I've dealt with a lot of that.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's a, a great point. And, and I mean, I think, I you mean know, we go we go down a whole nother path or get into the weeds. Oh. I think <laughs> I think there's I think there's even things related to, you know the The difference in something like athletics today, where everything is becoming so specialized, and kids will play one sport and then they'll travel it, and it you know the idea of just well, what about just going out and like yeah, I mess around? I play baseball in the in the spring, and I play you know football in the fall, and certainly soccer is a big one now, and and you know, and it's like it doesn't have to be quite so serious, but I'm learning the competition, but I'm also learning. It, you know, if I lost, I, I, I lost and I'm going to get over that and I'm going to go try to be better the next time and all this and, and learn some of that stuff naturally. I think there's other things, too, in addition to sports. I mean, you've got things like, you know, scouting or 4-H or stuff like that where there's there's you have to do X in order to achieve this. And if you don't do X, you will not achieve that. Uh-huh. And I think there's I think there's some real value there when we can find people to, to do those to do those things. Again my uh, guest today is Ashley Biscamp, a uh, feed mill management for uh, the last couple of decades here in the feed industry with some insights on the various different things that we are working to in, improve and improve and constantly turn around in, in our industry. So I, I think you um, I think we kind of had a, a segue there and, and I really like what you said. About, you know, the eyes and the ears, one of my favorite thing to to tell when we're talking, like, let's say students and they're new, the idea of that, that ears and say, look, if I go into a mill or heck, if they come, if they come to the NC State feed mill and we're all standing around talking, the pellet mills run in. And all of a sudden you see like myself and maybe one of my grad students who's been around for a while and the mill manager just all of a sudden stop in the middle of a, you know, we're in, in the middle
0: Something of, was <laughs>
2: end of the control room at the pellet mill, kind of, you know, looking like a dog, kind of cocking your head. And it's like, yeah, and we're like, you know, something just, something just went through that die or that thing's right about to plug or something. And they're like, how could you possibly hear that? And it's like, you can hear it, you can feel it in your feet and the amount of value there in, like you said, and just really getting to know your environment and realizing that, yeah, there's probably some sensor that can be developed for that. And maybe someday there that will have some of that, but it's, it's amazing how much those those good people that have been around a long time that have learned what it looks like, smells like, sounds like, and feels like can be such a huge difference. Um, you know, it's, it's too, when you, um,
0: in my experiences, I had been involved in enough uh, fires and feed meals and responded and all that. Yeah. And you, you, you can smell something quick the the smell of a burnt belt or belt fixing the burn off you, you pick it up quick but just walking by one of the pellet mills and you hear it go
2: you're up mm-hmm. you're fixing to be digging that middle out yeah exactly exactly and sometimes sometimes the system catches it and you know what sometimes the system does not catch it and even, even though you heard it or you felt it or whatever
0: yeah it's kind of you know uh, when you shear pins Mm. You know your pellet mills running, and you hear—I mean, it's it's hammering it out, and all of a sudden it, you hear a pow, and it's like just smooth. Like, yep, we just broke something. You know, yeah, there, and you got two points to change.
2: So. Yep. So that that basically transitions us over in into the equipment side. So you mentioned, you know, the, I, I've always kind of—I'm pretty sure I was told this or taught this one point of time, and anecdotally, it seems to be true. That a, a mill is new somewhere for about seven years or so. And then after that, that's about the time everything starts breaking. And, and then, I, you know, then you start telling people, look, the cheapest day to run this feed mill is yesterday. Every day from here on out is going to get more expensive because more and more stuff's going to break more and more stuff's going to wear out. We never turn the page back unless you're going to rebuild the whole thing. Yeah, it's always so. As you've gone from facility to facility, and even when some of these, you know, they're not old because you've got someone in, you know, upper management going, it's not an old mill. It's only 20 years old. What are the things you see most commonly where it's, yeah, if there was only a little bit of attention paid here, it would make a world of difference.
0: It's it's the blinders, totally blinders, you know, walk by a problem and the people are not, they're high, they're higher up brass, as i prefer to them. Um, they not getting around and realize hey, this is a problem. You know, it, it, it's one of those deals you always housekeep, 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 clean When you're housekeeping, guess what you're doing? You're making it look clean. And then, and then they look out, oh, hell, oh, that damn mill is spotless. He, he just not an old mill. He's done a hell of a job. Yeah. You, but you're not seeing the manpower. And the effort that goes into it to get that location to that. And in the meantime, it's just every day something breaks. A lot of times it's the same thing breaking over and over. And uh, you get into a point, uh, you know, nowadays with so much um, global competition, people buying other companies out, um, you know, like CPM buying out different companies, stuff like that. So much equipment's obsolete. I mean, it's it's scary and you like can't get parked. So what do you do? You gotta find a millwright or a machine that say, Hey, this is broke. You know, we've got probably fifteen welds around this shaft. Uh, can you kind of
2: recreate this from
0: this? Yeah <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and it's and there's there's never time to, there, you know, there's never time to stop, and and I think that's another thing that's, and and obviously, yeah. you know, I'm sure you have been involved in this in, in your time. We've we've seen so much consolidation in the industry, and then even amongst the companies where it's hey, and 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 I get this 100, and I and I love going and seeing these facilities when they get built because they're cool to see. But, hey, instead of having to run these three mills, we can build this one giant one and it'll do all of it. And it's like, I get it. And it's more efficient. But before, when one of them broke, there were two others that could, you know, pick up a couple extra shifts. Yes. And we figure out how to get the feed made. Now you got one. And when one's not running, you got nothing. And that's I mean, I look around every time I see that happen and think this this is getting scary because we are putting all of our eggs in a basket, quite literally, at this point. Totally. Because what you get into, you've got you've
0: got LAE feeds, you've got, you know, you've got the different feed. Well, you have to process that feed a different way. Um, the, the process, let me say this, it's the same, but it's different ingredients and or you can't have this ingredient. So, you know, it's always they're looking at different ways to do that stuff. and It's like, you can't have this drug in there. You know, you got to get rid of this to be able to do this. It, it, there's always a sacrifice for every game that you have in a people. I know um, the Mega Mills one was just built recently, very close to me, and, um, you know, they, they've had a lot of trouble with it because what happens is bills come up, and it's push, 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 get it going, get it going, got going. And they don't allow time for the belts to hang, to stretch. And then after that, guess what's happening? They're they're busting belts. brand you know, like, well, this is a brand new mill. That belt was just put in. And it ain't you know, well, you can't go into a new mill, hang the belt, put it on backwards or whatever, you make the few mistakes, and then turn it on, because as it runs, guess what? All those weight of those buckets has got to stretch that belt, and then your and then your uh, lap, your splice. Guess what? It's too loose. You know, and it, it's just a lot of people. You get engineers. Um, yeah, it looks good on Facebook, but in real in realistic tones you got to give a meal six months to a year to get the kinks out and it's going from point blank it's like okay let's start this meal up okay we're gonna shut the other meal down. you know and by the time you do all i actually get all the ingredients out there's
2: gonna hurt. yeah yeah well and, and going back to what we were talking before about on on the people side it's you know, it, it, it's one thing where we look at this decades ago where, yeah. And the good news is, is I've got a maintenance guy that was, you know, he's been here for 30 years. And so he was here the last time we did this too and the time before and the time before and the time before. And now so many times we're running into facilities where it's, you know, all right, Hey, so you've put a, a, you've replaced a belt on an elevator, right? And everybody's going, no, Never, never been around to see that done. I, you know, I started working here, you know, I started working here three years ago as the assistant to the the maintenance guy. And a year ago he left and they made me the head maintenance guy. And I, you know, I'm, I, I've never seen this before. And that seems like that's just happening everywhere. And so now we're doing repairs or preventive maintenance with folks that don't, that, that might be really good. Like they've got a huge amount of mechanical potential and everything else. But they have no institutional knowledge, and how do we get that to them? Is so hard. You you have that issue, and I've seen
0: it so many times. Um, you take a maintenance guy, maintenance manager, superintendent, or whatever uh, you we'll know, call him. He oh he can make the meal, he can run the meal. Next thing you know, the manager gets fired or whatever. And what do they do? They promote that maintenance manager up. And he's out fighting fires all the time. He's not managing all of the financials, looking at all the capital projects, looking at all that stuff. And it, it's brutally being set up for failure. And it's it's like, you know, you. I know my location, I was understaffed and had to grow the staff. And it was just getting stuff done. It was like, I had, and my higher ups was like, yeah it is. You can't ever do anything in your office goes, your door swings all the damn time. I'm like, mm-hmm. me. I have no daytime maintenance supervisor. I have no daily or day shift maintenance supervisor. It's all me, you know, and my people that I have the power to make the calls on the fly. And I always told him, I said, look, one of the best guys I've ever worked for, I told me one time, he's like, the ass chewing's always less for making a decision, whether it's right or wrong. Don't make the, the call is worse. And there's a lot of truth to that. You mm-hmm. know, some people are so scared to make decisions. Yeah. But when it they make a the decision everything. and you're like, Hey man, good job. Thank you. Where's my money. Mm. It's like, <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So last thing I think then we'll, we'll touch on cause you just mentioned it there and you, you mentioned it at the top too from from your perspective and having been in a in a few different a few different places over the years, assuming that we've you know, we're we're talking to people here that might be listening that are both in the mills is also hopefully some folks that, you know, have mills that work under them what needs to happen for that that upper management, whether it be live production or or HR or anything, kind of that that upper side, what needs to happen for them to understand what's really going on in the mill and to make that relationship work, both from them managing down and from, from us managing up out of the mill to make sure they understand?
0: One thing I'll say, we can go a whole show on this, on just that one. Right there. When you have your subordinates, your pupil boy, start saying things. it's already too late. It's already too late. Because at that point when they have brought it to your attention, you're years away from ever getting a new meal or two to three years of getting the uh, the equipment replaced. Because the you see nowadays and, and I go back to a professor I had at Texas AM um when I was going there and he was the uh, Ag the Animal science Wild guy come in there. And he was he was addressing everybody and he was former AM graduate. Then he got tired of the oil, he broke out and started to do branch up in Colorado. And he told us though he said you that are in this audience right now will have seven plus jobs work for seven plus different companies before you retire. And I thought, no, man, I'll tell you right now. I will. Yeah. He's right. Because you have nowadays so much of the turnover, not only at the lower mid level, but higher up. Well, you don't ever get anything accomplished because you're getting something done you got a voice at the top that are fighting for you things are progressing and boom he goes that person goes away it's groundhog day all over you got to bring the next guy in you got to start all over. it's further and if you get the hang around boom I've seen it I've witnessed it I've lived it and it's like
2: Brown all day. Yep. I th- and I think a lot of that probably goes back to what you said, you know, about empowerment, right? And it's it's in, it's you know the the employees being you know in the mill being empowered to make the decisions to make things work, and then it's employing the mill management or empowering the the mill management to be able to make those decisions, and it's you know some sort of you know em- empowerment at that at that management level outside the facility too to. To say, hey, I don't need you know. You don't have to go micromanage this this facility down here. You know, let them do what they're good at, kind of kind of a thing.
0: You know, and I oh, I have worked with some micromanagers, and I can't stand it, to be honest with you because in my experience, micromanagers they know a lot, and they have in their head that everything happens and gets done, and during the day does it does there are not enough hours. Managers, especially your feedball managers, would have to have an apartment in your Their office would have to be in an apartment because you just, you give it everything, you get the product made, nobody gets hurt, and then you go back, you you fight it another day, and, you know, things are hot, and then you have something else that goes bad. Then you get, Caught up on it and you've just got a back burner list. That's a damn, mouse. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. I've, I've done a lot of capital projects, um, bowlers, cooler, pellet mills, uh, a lot of, it. and you know, and it's just like talk, talk, talk. It's a lot of talk, talk, talk. And it's, and they start out with, a, uh, a plan on, say, they're building mill. Well, by the time they whittle it down, it's probably a third, maybe two-thirds, of what they originally thought they were going to get. I mean, I was with a company years ago. We were going to build this big, bad mill and three pellet lines, all this, this, and that. Katrina hit that mill went from 21 million up to probably about 30 million. Well, just the bill that's so next I don't know. They they go cutting back, cutting back. So there's there's a lot and, and you know you got some people are always looking all the out for themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Yep. No, there's a there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of room there to to go try to, to find the. Uh, you know, find the efficiencies where you can find the diamonds where you can all, all that kind of stuff. And so with that we'll kind of close out with a couple of questions on in your experience as you've moved through the industry if if you were to point to a single it's it's called a resource and it, I mean it could be anything it, it could be you know, books, articles, trade publications, these days websites, whatever, that you would say, hey, if you're going to be in this industry, you're going to be, you know, in the mill, this is something that you either got to have on the bookshelf or that you should be looking at every day in order to keep yourself up to speed. Does anything particularly come to mind that, you know, you've found to be particularly helpful? Uh,
0: If I was to do this all over again, And that would mean I have to have a second life where I was used to. Now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would probably be more involved and learn more about the electrical side of the meal because so many meals are get it fixed, get it fixed, get back going. And next thing you know, you're 13 fires down the line, and you forgot that. Hey, we change this. We grab this power from over here. And the next thing you know, the whole system's all messed up. But it, you know, it just boils down to listening to your people, uh, your old salts, as some people call them. It's more of a military term. People that have been in the ditches, in the trenches. You know, and I have, in my experience, I always listened and very much respected people that in there. Knew what I was talking about. Shared stories of similar situations where we reacted or pretty much done the same thing. It's I don't know if that answers your question. It?
2: No, it it, it does. I, I and and I think that's I think it's a really good I think it's a really good example of. You know, sometimes the the resources are those things, you know, right in front of you. And it's the it's the folks and and the the people that are there and go go ask them. They've been around or find the person that was here before. If you can get their their number. I mean, hell, I I don't even care if they don't work here no more. But does someone have their number? Because unless they unless they left here on really bad terms, if they'll they'll pick up the phone, you know, that 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 might kind of help. It's it's one of my blessings. I call it that. All the locations I've been at, I have maintained
0: friends after parkour or whatever, and still receipt follow calls. Like, hey, I don't remember. What did you do that? You, do? you know, and I'm like, shit, let me think about it. Um, that's it's, it's a people thing, man. Machines don't do well without people because guess what? Somebody's got to go behind, greasing it.
2: Yep, yeah. someone. yeah.
0: Somebody's got to go back behind, cleaned up.
2: Changing to that. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And so that'll, that's going to be my last question is if, if you're in the facility and we're looking for people to, to come and work and we talked some about their salary, we talked about different generational stuff, but what would be something that you think most folks don't think about when they're trying to say, I'm looking for someone who can come in and do a professional level job, whether it be sweeping the floor you know, running the maintenance, operating the pellet mill, I don't care. What is something in your experience that you think, yeah, most people don't think about asking this question or looking for this in the people they hire, but it's it's proven to you to be really, really valuable to, to look for in, a, in an employee? Drive.
0: okay, Yeah. Drive um, the willingness to fail. Yeah, you that's a great. You don't want anything for, unless you have failed it. Yep. Um, I, yeah, you know, it's hard for me. You know, uh, I say a lot of times, uh, gas leg plans go awry, mice and men, because I, I did a huge upgrade, uh, shutdown, four day shutdown. And I had went through that damn thing so many times that I was doing a mixer, an electrical upgrade issue that was, very dangerous. Um, I changed out two fat tanks and all of that, um, in four days. And you know, what? it, it, it went pretty well for considering the engineer that I worked for, with, he's a great guy. Let's see, yeah, he's in your bed. art he goes, I'm gonna tell you, been in a long time, he was 60s, maybe, plus, I said, you know, ever check every and crane, and the bad thing about it is you've got higher ups that expect your to perfection on that. When they have no clue how to even begin to do the project, or look at when it goes, what it goes into. So yeah, it's it's been a of experience. You learn something. The feed mills, uh, agriculture, and you you can learn something every day. You know, uh, you've got to learn to listen to your people. The old ways are still good ways. They can be improved, but sometimes you just got to strip it down. And I see where a lot of people fail to look at female 101, your basics. You know, ultimately go back to square one.
2: Yeah. Well, not, and I love, and I love that answer on, on the drive and, and not being afraid to fail. And I think that's true. That was a real tough question. I had to
0: really stop and think.
2: And and I
0: looked at some people that I have grown to be better, um, better employees, better, you know, and that was one of the things, you know, uh, change is hard. Um, people are scared to change. But in why in reality ever that changes. Yeah. Every day's different.
2: Well, I mean, I, I, I look at it as you know, again when, when I've gone into into places that are looking for continuous improvement and stuff. And, you know, if if I got a pellet mill operator sitting there and going, you know, well, I mean, I haven't plugged a pellet mill in, you know, in a month and two months and I'm going, Well, how That's hard? How how, how, how how, how, how hard are we trying? You know, True. it's like, True. it's like, are you, are you, are you playing? Are you playing with the system? Are you, are you trying to, you know, make something a little better? Are, are you willing to say, man, I, you know, I, I'll eat it if I'm wrong, but I think I've got an idea or the maintenance guys who are going, you know what? I know we've always replaced this thing that's failed with this particular component before, but there's this new thing on the market and I'm going to try it. And I know if it fails, I'm going to be out here ripping this apart again, but I th- I'm i but I'm willing to eat it if I'm wrong, I think this might be a better way. And empowering them to say, okay, if you think it's better, as long as you're going to be willing to, to, to deal with it, if it doesn't work, uh, yeah, I'll sign up for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, I, I get that totally. I was going to say something, I kind of lost my thought
2: for a second. Yeah. Um, I think it may have something to do when I said something about the pellet mill plugging and it being okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Well, what happens is Everybody finds, and this is a bad word, complacency. Okay. When I took over a location, they had learned where they could run the mills and not have to worry about stuff. Mills would kind of do okay. Well, and, they, and they they gained efficiency from not plugging it and running it as hard. But the problem was there was things that needed to be fixed that nobody was Really looking at I just went to basic one-on-one, man. made me look like a superstar with a cape. And you're like, well, nobody showed us that. And you have a lot of the upper management and your old-time managers are scared to groom people below them for their replacement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's one of those things because I know of a former one that was just a tyrant. He never showed anybody anything. And, and it was really sad because, you know, the people want nobody goes to work to be sorry, screw up and mess up all the time. Who likes to do that? Right.
2: Stuff? Yeah. But but if you're trying to keep all the if you're trying to keep all the good sell, stuff for yourself to be the hero. So it's like, yeah, that way no one else will know. But I'm I'm the only one and that makes me feel good. Then, yeah, that th- this probably ain't the place you should be. Yeah.
0: It, it's called their job security. But right. I, like nobody has a scared shit scared no, no, I'm with you.
2: Well, Ash, I think you and I could probably talk about feed milling for a very, very long time. Yeah, we'll, people,
0: have to, we'll have to stay in touch and absolutely and touch back and forth.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and um, my guess is, as as hopefully we we keep this going, we'll we'll you know have folks back on again. And there's always new stories, and there's always some some other fire that got put out and something to to share. So you know people only only listen for so long at a time but no i i, I very much appreciate the time yeah. and i i enjoyed our conversation all right appreciate it too all right so this has been the feed Science podcast from north carolina state and on behalf of wise Anatics, i'm adam pernald thanks for listening